Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media, leader of the Embedded and IoT franchises, here for this week's Embedded Insiders with Brandon Lewis, Technology Editor. Good. Well, I guess it's good morning for you, Brandon. How are you? Uh, doing okay. Cleaning up a lot of dog pee. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> okay, so uh, you haven't been responding to my emails this morning. I'm guessing you're busy. Is, are you just ignoring me, or are you working on something? Uh, I'm trying to finish up this article. Actually, I've just finished. The last period was just uh, penned uh, on an article on uh, deception networks, which is a pretty intriguing new technology for uh, cybersecurity and the uh, any in the any connected uh, industry space. All right, hang on a sec. Back me up to twenty thousand feet. What are you talking about? Deception networks. Um, so a deception network is basically. Uh, are you familiar with a honeypot and what that is? Yep, I sure am, and I'm sure our readers are as well. Well, for those people that aren't familiar with a honeypot, basically, uh, what a honeypot is is it's just basically a, a pseudo system that exists on a network. And it's designed to sort of bait hackers into attacking it, um, at which point security professionals who are monitoring the honeypot uh, really closely can take preventative measures like you know, shutting down the network, isolating the, uh, the attack, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the problem with the honeypot, though, is that it's not a real system. Um, and for an advanced attacker, that becomes really obvious. So if you're hold on, hold on, hold going, on. If it's, not, if, if it's not a real system, what is it? Uh, it's usually just a collection of, uh, of data to make it look, fr from an attacker's perspective, like it's uh, some sort of network endpoint or perhaps a gateway that they can enter the network and move laterally from. Um, it's not an actual system. You know, there's no piece of hardware out there. It's just basically think of it like a virtual machine that's spun up, but it doesn't have any um, like log data associated with it. Or if in, you're in an IT environment, you're not going to see any web browsing history. So when an advanced attacker comes in and, they, and they're looking closely at the system that they're about to try to compromise, um, it doesn't have any of the characteristics that a real system would have. So I guess it just doesn't have its realness. That sounds like an open invitation, like, for, like as a, a challenge to somebody. You know, I mean, you know, especially people who are, you know, of the, I don't say looking to do something evil, but, you know, just engineers like, like challenges, and that sounds like a, a real one. Well, I, I think that's actually the, well, sort of the point. I mean, a honeypot is basically it's a trap. It's a it's a it's bait for a hacker. Uh, look, hey, let's uh, come on in and try and compromise this system so that I can gain access to the rest of the network. Uh, the the obvious point of that being that then whoever's defending the network is looking at this honeypot, and because it's not a real system. If anything starts happening with this system, it's fairly obvious that somebody or something is going on that shouldn't be. But there has to be an entryway from that honeypot into the actual back end of the system because the system administrator obviously has that access. Well, you would, that, I think that that's, this is one of the, the problems with the honeypot architecture too is that it kind of assumes that somebody eventually is going to be able to make its way onto the system, right? Okay, so what's the answer? Or is well, it? well, that's a that's a curious question, and this is where deception networks and other sorts of technology come in. Um, 
as we know, there are all sorts of security technologies out there like antivirus software and, and firewalls and, and things like that, intrusion detection systems. Um, but one of the problems that the security industry faces is, as we know, there aren't uh, nearly enough security professionals to defend all of the networks in the world from all of the uh, uh, possible attacks. Um, and a lot of these original traditional uh, security measures end up shooting off alerts and so many of them that security professionals end up just ignoring them, and that's what's called alert fatigue. Uh, so you have a, this antivirus software that says, hey, there's uh, potentially a virus in uh, this system. Uh, here's an alert. Come check it out. But if you have a pretty reasonably sized network, you're going to be getting all of these pings that are coming in saying somebody's trying to breach the network, somebody's trying to breach the network, to the point where you could have dozens or hundreds or maybe even thousands of these alerts going off all the time. And eventually, anybody's just going to be like, oh, that's just... Uh, another alert from this McAfee antivirus software, I've, it's probably nothing. It's a false positive. Or on the other hand, it could, be, it could be, oh, here's an alert from this McAfee antivirus software. All I know is that you know, there may be uh, somebody trying to put malware on this particular device, but I can't really see the context of the entire attack that's trying to go on, so um, I don't know how to respond to it. Still with me? Yeah, I'm still with you. It sounds a lot like parenting. When your kids are screaming at you that this one hit that one, you have to sort of determine what's a real, what, you know, what's a real fight and what's just kids being kids. <laughs> kind of, I guess. I wouldn't know. Um, but anyway, the point is that um, once hackers get onto the network, past you know, these traditional security measures, uh, we're kind of assuming at this point, which is a little bit dangerous, uh, that a hacker will be able to get onto the network at some point. But what we really want to protect or prevent is the hackers getting on the network, moving laterally, and then staying within the network environment for extended periods of time. Uh, last year, FireEye, the security company, put out this report that said uh, the average time for the dwell time for an attack uh, or a piece of malware is 146 days. So that's a ton of time that um, an attacker... Yeah, yeah, that's almost six months or five months, right? Um, so this, uh, these attacks are existing within the uh, corporate or industrial or whatever connected environment for almost five months. And during that time, on the one hand, you could have serious data siphoning, data theft, et cetera. Um, and then probably in the worst case scenario, you could have something like Stuxnet, which is capable of actually destroying um, destroying physical equipment or deleting uh, sensitive files completely. Um, so the real goal is to prevent that from happening. You know, somebody may be able to get on the network, but if you can contain them, that's fine. But if somebody starts being able to move laterally and do all of those uh, nefarious things, that's when the real problems occur. And this is where deception networks come in. So as you kind of pointed out, a honeypot is almost, in a way, like an academic endeavor. Um, here's a honeypot. The attacker will go into the honeypot, and a lot of times researchers end up just using it as a tool to see how attacks propagate, how uh, attackers are thinking about uh, infiltrating a network. Um, a deception network, uh, that technology, on the other hand, 
is kind of like a honeypot on steroids in that it's actually part of the real network and is installed on the systems within uh, the network. So instead of having a fake system, you end up having uh, fake files, uh, fake administrator accounts, um, you know, other fake data, fake components that are actually on the system side by side with real uh, accounts, applications, files, etc. So it becomes really difficult for a, a hacker to move through a network without accidentally stumbling into one of these uh, fake deceptive components. Very interesting, very interesting. And uh, you just penned an article on this you said about that yep. has more information? Yep, there's a bunch of information. It should be on www.embedded-computing.com within the next five minutes. Very good. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing that. Sure thing. That was Brandon Lewis with a very good explanation of how these honeypots and deceptive networks are all connected and how they work. I suggest you check out his article. And I am Rich Nass, and we are both with Embedded Computing Design. Have a great day, Brandon. You too, Rich.